I'm Richard Figge, and this is For Reading Out Loud. Good to have you with me on this last Sunday before Christmas. Tonight's author is Eric P. Kelly. Born in Amesbury, Massachusetts in 1884, he attended Dartmouth College. After ten dull and colorless years as a journalist, he volunteered in 1918 to work with the welfare organization Les Foyers du Soldat in France, and there he found himself in charge of athletics and entertainment for 2,000 Polish soldiers in Halley's Army, a Polish military contingent formed in France in the latter days of World War I. He went to Poland with these troops in 1919 and was posted in Haller's army during the Polish-Soviet War of 1919-1920. He loved the Polish people and their culture, and during his early years as a professor at Dartmouth, he returned to Poland as an exchange scholar and taught courses on American literature and institutions. He wrote extensively about his experiences in Poland and in 1929 received the Newbery Award for his children's book, The Trumpeter of Krakow. Poland is a land of poetry and legend, and is also the setting for tonight's story, In Clean Hay. It goes out with thanks always from my sister Catherine and me to our mother Janet, who introduced us to this story many, many years ago. In Clean Hay, by Eric Kelly. In a little village on the outskirts of the Polish city of Krakow, there stands a happy farmhouse whose owner is Pan Jan. In the early springs, the fields about the house are dark and rich, awaiting the planting of seed. And in the summer, they are green with ripened grain. In the fall, they turn to russet brown, and in the winter, they lie deep beneath the shining snow. From earliest morning until sundown, The house is astir with action, but at sundown everything ceases and peace descends, for did the Lord not ordain that all work should cease with the sun? Then the lamp is lighted in the large room, and the newspaper which has come from Krakow will be read to all the family by the father or the eldest boy, Antek. The others sit about and listen. Antek is fifteen and goes every day to the high school in the city. It is a walk of about three miles. The road is good, and there is often company on the way. Antek reads from the Gazette, Tomorrow is the day before Christmas, and there will be many visitors who come to the city to attend services at night in the churches. The Christmas trees will be on sale in the Rinek, the marketplace, and the booths full of candy and toys will be opened directly after dark. In the homes, the children will await the sight of the first star. When the first star shines, then an angel will come and knock at the door, and the rejoicing at the birth of Christ will begin. This year there will be a special treat for Krakow people, and a very famous performer will give his puppet play, the Sopka Krakowska, at the Falcon Hall in Grotzka Street. With him will be his wife, who will sing the hymns. Antek put down the paper. Our puppet show is all made. The father, don't stay out too late. Antek answered quickly, No, little father, we won't. We will give our show several times between five and seven o'clock, and then we will start on the road home. 
In one corner of the little farmhouse stood a small, wooden, two-towered church in miniature. Between the towers at the base, large doors stood wide open, revealing a stage, and on this stage were piled a number of little wooden figures like dolls, dressed in various jaunty colors, and in the background was the figure of a woman with a baby in her arms. This was a stage in miniature, a Sopka Krakowska with its little wooden puppets. When set up for the entertainment of lookers-on, Untek would crawl beneath it and operate the puppets from little sticks that went through a slot in the floor. This slot extended the whole length of the stage so that a puppet could be brought up upon the scene from one side, made to perform, and then be taken away on the farther side. During the performance of a puppet play, the figures moved in constant succession across this stage. The mother entered the stove-room with a huge pot of steaming soup and poured it out into wooden bowls before each of the children. "'Well, tomorrow will be Christmas Eve,' she said, "'and you will go out with the sopka.' "'Yes, and make a lot of money.' This was from Stefan, the second in age. He was a more practical boy than his brother, although younger, yet he had less of the vivid imagination which made Antek the better showman of the puppet show. The mother sighed. I wish we could give it to you, but what we have is being laid by against the days when you go up to the university. How much did you make last year? Fifty zelotis, about five dollars, answered Antek proudly. We'll make a hundred this year, said Stefan. And what will you do with it? asked the mother. A clamor went up. Antek was saying something about a book, Stefan about a chest of tools, and Anusia, the baby of ten years, said something that sounded like shoes. Christopher, who played all the songs for the Sopka on his violin, tried to make known his want for new strings and a bow. However, the whole pandemonium was such that anyone might see that at least something was wanted rather eagerly. It was true, as the mother had said, that the scanty profits from the farm were going into the children's educations. Antek for the university, Stefan for the School of Commerce and Trade, Christopher for the Academy of Music, and Anusia for... Well, that would come later. The child had a clear and appealing voice, and might become a great singer if placed with the proper teachers. Who knows? Therefore, this chance of making a little money on the night before Christmas meant a great deal to them all. The boys, working with the father, had built the little theater themselves. It stood upon little folding legs which Stefan had devised. The mother had dressed the dolls, and on the night before Christmas it was all in readiness to carry to Krakow. Now, since the very earliest days of the city, boys have gone about in Krakow giving this show on Christmas Eve, most of them poor or needy boys to whom the gift of money was a veritable godsend. And on Christmas Eve there descends over the earth each year that spirit of gladness and kindness that makes people eager and anxious to relieve suffering and soften the hard ways of life with the cheer that the Christ child brought to men. The day before Christmas dawned bright. It was crisp, but not so cold as usual. There was not a cloud in the sky, and the children knew that they could not have selected a better day for their puppet show. At about one o'clock in the afternoon they started for Krakow. Antek walked in front with the sopka strapped to his shoulders, 
Stefan, carrying the sticks on which the sopka was to rest, walked by his side. Christopher, on the left side, carrying his violin and bow in a case in one hand, had extended the other hand to Anusia, who walked just beyond. A happy company it was, and all along the way people greeted them and shouted, Vesulich Sviant, Merry Christmas, or Niech Bensia Pokvaloni Jesus Christus, May Jesus Christ be praised. As they neared the city the sun was sinking, for they had walked slowly, and too the sun sinks early in the Christmas season. Lights were coming on everywhere, and as they stood at the Florian Gate, Anusia, turning about, screamed with delight and pointed at the sky, for there, hanging like a little candle, was the first star. The Christmas season had begun. In the marketplace they selected a corner by one path and mounted the puppet theater on its legs. It was here that we stood last year, said Antek. Candles were lighted before the little theater. A crowd gathered. Then Anusia stepped out before the people and bravely sang a little carol while Christopher played on the violin. The crowd increased. Oh, what a crowd, cried Stefan, rubbing his hands. Here, at least for the first performance, is a good twenty-five zelatis. His words were correct. The first performance netted exactly that amount. It was a splendid performance, too. Anusia sang the carols beautifully. Antek made the puppets dance as if they were alive, and everybody reached for handkerchiefs when King Herod ordered that all the babies in the kingdom should be put to death. They had begun again when suddenly there came a rude end to their performance and to all their hopes. A dignitary wearing a huge star stepped into the circle before the little theater and ordered the play to be stopped. "'We can't! We can't!' shrieked Stefan, who was reading the lines for the puppets. "'Don't bother us! The show must go on!' The dignitary grinned. "'Where is your license?' he asked. "'License?' Antek crept out from under the theater, where he was operating the puppets, and faced the officer. "'Yes. Don't you know that you must buy a license to give public performances in this city?' "'No!' It was not so last year, but it is so this year. It is a new ordinance that no show may be given on the streets without a license. How much is this license? asked Antek. One hundred zelotes, said the man. But I haven't got one hundred zelotes, groaned Antek. Then you must move along or I will report you to the police. He motioned to a police officer on the corner. "'Come quick,' ordered Antek, snatching up the theatre to his back. "'Take the stool, Stefan, and you, Anusia, hang on to Christopher.' They emerged in a quiet place behind the cloth hall to take counsel. "'We can't do anything. We've got to go home,' Antek announced. Every face fell. Anusia began to cry. "'It can't be helped. We must obey the law, and we haven't one hundred zelatis in the world.' "'Let's give the show in some private street,' suggested Stefan. "'Can't be done. We'd be arrested.' They marched out into the street. Two men engaged in a spirited conversation almost ran them down. "'Look out there,' said one, sidestepping the Sopka. "'The street doesn't belong to you boys.' 
No, but we have our rights, answered Antek. That you have, answered the second man, suddenly striking Antek in friendly fashion upon the back. A sopka, as I live. A sopka? The second man fell back in amazement. Yes, and a good one, said the first man, examining the show quickly. Here is an answer to our prayers sent from heaven. Do you people operate the sopka? We do, answered Antek wonderingly. Do you want an engagement? Yes, shouted Antek, Stefan, and Christopher at the tops of their voices. Then come with us. You see, we were to have had a very famous sopka with us tonight. Pan Kowalski and his wife were to entertain us. The crowd is all there, has been for half an hour, waiting for the show to begin, and there is no Pan Kowalski. We have looked up and down the town, we have hunted all through the villages, we have inquired everywhere that he might have been, and yet we cannot find him. We must have the show, or send the people home. How much do we get? asked Stefan, characteristically, for he had recovered from his astonishment at this quick turn of affairs. We will take a collection. We can at least guarantee you one hundred zolotis. You will probably make much more than that. As they spoke, the two men hustled the children along Grotzka Street and stopped in front of a building on which there was a coat of arms bearing the figure of a falcon. In here, said one of the men. Why, this is the falcon hall we read of in the newspapers, said Stefan. This is the best place in Krakow in which to give the sopka. Antek, do you realize, he turned to his brother, that we will make lots of money out of this? We must give a good performance first, admonished Antek. One of the men made a speech to the people while the children prepared the show. He was sorry, he said, that Pan Kowalski had not been able to come. But in his place there had come a very fine sopka operated by young men who were quite experienced. At this the crowd laughed, for the youth of the performers was quite evident. It is Christmas Eve, the man went on, and it is not the time to show any displeasure. We have come here to see acted the old story of the wonderful evening so many centuries ago when Christ was born to earth to bring peace and goodwill to all men. It was a Christmas crowd at that, and if it felt any ill will at this substitution on the program, it did not show it. The lamp in front of the stage was lighted. Antek stepped out in front and played on his little bugle the Henal, or little trumpet song that the trumpeter in the tower of the Church of Our Lady had played every hour of the day and night since Christianity in Krakow began. Then lights appeared in the two towers, and Christopher and Anusia stepped out to play and sing the old hymn Amid the Silence. The curtains were swept back by Stefan, and there on the stage were two shepherds sleeping. Red fire is burned, an angel descends, and again Christopher and Anusia step forward. This time the song is Gloria in Excelsis, the song sung by the angels when Christ was born. The curtain is closed. It opens again on Bethlehem, whither the shepherds have come to greet the Christ child who lies there with the mother, asleep on the clean hay. From the back of the manger a sheep and a cow look over the wall. Then the scene changes, 
We are now in the court of Herod the king, and three kings come in from the east to ask their way to the newborn king. Herod cannot tell them, and so they go out again and follow a star that is gleaming in the heavens. Here Stephan lifts into the air a great gold star which shines with brilliance when the light falls upon it. They come to the Christ child, and they too worship. Then the shepherds dance, and the soldiers sing, and the violin makes merry music for all the company. It is truly a splendid night. The children shout, the babies crow, and the men and women clap their hands in applause. O thou cruel Herod! For now he commands his hetman to send out the soldiers and destroy the Christ child. But because they do not know who the Christ child is, they must destroy every child in the kingdom. Cruel King Herod, for this thou shalt pay, for the floor of the stage opens, and the devil dances out. How the children scream as he cuts off Herod's head, and the head goes rolling out of the little theater and onto the floor. Then there comes more dancing and singing. Little Anusia sings like an angel. The men and women take her up, and the children kiss her and stroke her hands. And when the collection is taken, the bowl is heaped high with paper and silver and copper. There are at least five hundred zelotes upon the plate, about fifty dollars, the best day's work that any Sopka has ever done in Krakow. The crowd leaves slowly. The men come and take their leave of the children. The show is packed up, and the four, now beaming with happiness and delight, take again the road for the village three miles away. It is a lovely night and not over-cold, but just comfortably cold, and though there is no moon, the stars are as bright as the little pinpoints of light in the Sopka walls. As they pass the Church of Our Lady, they hear the trumpet playing the Hainal, and it makes them feel suddenly that all over the world has come this happiness at the birth of Christ. Two hours later, on the road still, they put into the home of neighbor Kolesa for a rest. He meets them at the door with a Christmas greeting, and then tells them to come to the stable, for there they will find a surprise. "'I had no room for them in the house,' he said. "'The hay of the stable is much warmer than my floor,' and I have a stove here where I have heat for the animals in winter. Come, and you shall see. They entered the stable. He flashed his lantern high above his head. They looked. They drew their breaths, and then with one accord fell upon their knees. For there in the manger was a young woman. She had been sleeping, but was now awake. And in her arms, nestled close to her body, was a little baby, wrapped in a blue coat. "'It is the Christ child,' whispered Stefan. "'See, there is the cow and the sheep looking over the back of the manger, and there is the place where the wise men knelt.' He pointed. Indeed, a dark figure arose there and looked about. It was a man, and he put his fingers to his lips, lest they should talk and disturb the mother and child." It is Pan Kowalski, the puppet show man, said Pan Kolesa in an undertone. He was on his way to Krakow tonight to give a performance in the Hall of the Falcons. He and his wife stopped here. 
and while they were here, this child was born. The children looked at one another strangely. Then they looked at Pan Kowalski, and then at the mother and the child. They have no money, went on Pan Kolesa. They were to have received much money for their performance in Krakow tonight, but they were not able to go, and therefore they lose it. I do not know what they will do when they leave here, though the good God knows I will let them stay as long as they like. They have only this show which they give at Christmas. It is not given at any other time of the year. And it was on this night that Christ was born, said Antek. Stefan, he added after a long pause. I know what you are going to say, retorted Stefan. They went out into the air again, not even taking leave of either of the men, so engrossed were they in their own thoughts. It means that we lose what we wanted, said Antek. I think I'll go back. No, said Stefan, let me. Antek squeezed something into his hand. Stefan ran back into the stable and entered. Pan Kowalski had sunk into a stupor again and heard nothing. Stefan crept up to the manger and listened to the deep breathing of the mother. Then he slipped his hand over the edge of the manger and dropped all the silver and notes that had been collected in Krakow. Then he fell upon his knees for a moment and said a little prayer. But as he staggered after his companions down the long dark road, something of the most infinite happiness seized upon his heart, and when he reached Antek, he was sobbing like a baby, whereupon Antek fell to sobbing likewise, and out there upon the Krakow road, Christ was born again in the hearts of four happy children. You've been listening to In Clean Hay by Eric Kelly. I'm Richard Figge, and this has been for Reading Out Loud. Please let me know what stories and authors you would like to hear in the new year. Drop me a line, if you will, at rfigge, that's R-F as in Frank, I-G-G-E, at worcester.edu. That's it for tonight. I hope you'll join me again next week. In the meantime, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, all the best. Thank you.